Hello. 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 I think we should make it acceptable that every now and again, Emma and I just nap on the lights. Hey guys, do you want to watch us sleep? <laughs> I'm sure there's some people out there who would love that. Freaks. Um, Emma, any admin to kick off with? New workouts are up. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. I also also always like to kind of remind people halfway through as well that this tends to be when most people give up. Like it's not fresh, new and exciting anymore. But you know what? Long term behavior change isn't really meant to be fresh, new and exciting all the time. So I would take now if you find that your behaviors are kind of reverting slowly back to what you were doing previously then I would call yourself out on that now. And by the way, I do this most months. I'm like, okay, cool. It's a good reminder. It's the start of the month, right? Like, are you still aligned with these goals? Are you still sticking to these things? Are you, you know, if you're being real with yourself, are you realistically putting in the effort that's required for the result? Or are you like mistracking this and that? Are you missing a workout here? Are you like, you know, my steps are 10,000 now instead of 12,000. Like, it's those little things compounded over time that are going to get you results. So make sure you're harsh with yourself in the best way. Like being harsh with yourself, being a bit disciplined is self-love, self-care, especially if you've got a goal and you know you want it. There's nothing more fatiguing than holding on to a goal and not putting in the work to get there. It's like either be like, I don't want it enough and accept it, which I don't think is anyone here, or be like yeah I need that I know I need to put in this effort to get there and actually the extra effort is way less fatiguing than than the holding on to the goal that you don't really want yeah I completely agree and we kind of did this in the last live as well you know as Emma very aptly said there this is something that Emma and I have to do all the time as well it's um as I keep saying I must have said it in at least two podcasts so far this isn't going to be a case of like oh now it's clicked and I'm sorted for life there are going to be days weeks months where you really have to haul ass just to get it done and that's life and we talk about this as well like it's like that with everything like some days it's easier to be a parent than other days um some days you get a better night's sleep than other days some weeks you have a better week at work than other weeks and it's no different with this and it's just about checking yourself don't expect it to just click into place because while it might do for some of the time it's certainly not going to for the rest of your life you do have to check yourself um and yeah remember as Em said, when you're feeling like your motivation's dwindling or whatever, these are the habits that you're putting in place for the rest of your life, not for the next eight weeks to get a result, for the rest of your life to get and keep that result. So it's not going to change. You just, just got to crack on. Yeah. I think when people struggle with the concept of maintenance, which I completely get, often it, it like this mindset really helps me. It's like, take the goal away. Like we focus way too much often on like, oh, I've got this fat loss goal to weigh this much or to fit in this dress or whatever the tangible outcome is. And not enough on realizing that even when you reach that outcome, if you want to maintain your health, you cannot be healthy without exercising consistently. You cannot be healthy without eating a healthy, nutritious diet. And I think just reminding yourself of that, of like, and, and it's not a punishment. Like that mindset needs to change as well. It's like you do that stuff because you care about yourself and you care about being healthy and you care about enjoying yourself and you cannot enjoy your life if you're not healthy. So 
that for me is like a really good frame of maintenance of like we you actually have to do it anyway so yeah yeah Yeah. I completely agree yeah um okay anything on the live just Jenny saying hola beauties that's us okay well it's hola (laughs) (laughs) okay well you know there you go okay right Bria mystery hello lovely clamor a question about the rate of muscle growth please and how much muscle mass one can actually gain in a year yeah she did this very recently my goal is body recomp to lose a bit more fat and build a bit more muscle it's been very slow and steady but i am really enjoying the process i've been lifting weights properly for about four or five years now so i'm not a pro but i'm not a newbie either Recently, I had my annual Booper Health checkup. I know these things aren't accurate, but it was the same nurse who did my body fat to muscle mass measurements. And she told me that my body fat was 3% lower and I gained 1.5 kg more muscle mass. My weight has pretty much stayed the same over the last year, hovering between 57 and 58 kg. For context, I'm five foot three and I do image gym workouts four to five times a week. Do you think it could actually be possible for me to gain 1.5 kg of muscle mass in one year? It seems like a lot to me. Sometimes I feel that I can see a bit more muscle definition in the mirror, but I'm not sure if I'm just seeing what I want to see. Uh, Right, give me one second while I just look at something. So I'm sure Chloe will give a more in-depth answer, but like as an overarching answer, like if you're quite new to resistance training, potentially there's also quite a big genetic component in terms of how much people respond to exercise stimulus that's quite an individual thing so you might be someone who does build muscle easier than other people and we know like differing levels of um, baseline testosterone among other things will impact this as well so is it possible yeah potentially I guess like I wouldn't read into it too much if you're resistance training consistently you're eating enough protein like you're sleeping well you're doing all the things that you possibly could be doing to build muscle anyway then who cares if it was one one kilogram or 1.5 kilograms I also don't know what method this person has used to measure your body fat as we know they're not particularly accurate um but even things like how much glycogen you've got in your muscle as well might impact um, what they're reading as muscle mass in comparison to body fat uh, so th- and honestly I know it comes back to th- this doesn't seem very scientific but the best thing you can do is take progress photos that's mm. going to give us the best like indication of whether you put on muscle or not but I will say on top of that and partly I want to discuss this because I do or have been known to recommend like lower carb diets for people that want to lose body fat. But when you get quite lean, like manipulating your carbohydrates can have a really big impact on how you feel and how you look and how lean that you perceive yourself to be. So actually a higher carb diet when you're quite lean can make you feel leaner because your muscles are fuller and they're pushing against the skin and they're pushing the body fat away. Whereas actually, if you went low carb, you can feel a little bit like softer, even though technically your body composition is very similar. Um, So that's one thing to consider is that it's not really directly related to that. But I just thought it was a good thing to bring up. 
No, it is a good thing to bring up. Um, so uh, four years into lifting, is it possible that you have gained 1.5 kg of uh, muscle? Four years. Huh? Yeah. Um, 1.5 kg of muscle muscle. Yes, is the answer to that. That's absolutely possible at that training age. Um, it will slow down. Um, and then Emma's right. We can start to talk about everything from breaking through training plateaus to how to, as Emma just nicely touched on, how to visually look more muscular. Um, uh, and there's there's other conversations we can have. But at the, the main question stands, is it possible you've gained that much muscle inside of a year at four years deep into training? Absolutely. Yes, is the answer. Um and then the other point on that as well is like it depends what you've been doing for those four years of training. Mm-hmm. So as an example, I'm I'm pretty sure I built you know a decent amount of muscle post back surgery mm. because it was like body recomp, right? And you probably did post pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing to consider is that four years of training suboptimally isn't the same as four years of training optimally now that might be your programming that might be your recovery that might be how much protein you're eating so all these things come into consideration as well and and it's a very subjective thing to be like I've been training for four years well have you been resistance training with progressive overload sleeping enough eating enough protein fueling yourself for four years or have you been going to the gym for four years but it started not really knowing what you were doing not really feeling yourself maybe not eating enough protein then maybe there was a stressful period where you didn't sleep very much so it's not yeah it's not quite as clear-cut and also while we're on that guys anyone listening or on the EC method right now who is one of those people clients of which there are many the majority who's like I want new workouts I want new workouts I want new workouts clients like that who or trainers and coaches like that who allow for that you are literally opening the door for suboptimal training it is unfortunately there are you know for every area of the body there's a handful of exercises which are optimal a handful of machines handful of weights which are optimal um and you know yes absolutely we can switch up like a traditional or conventional deadlift for an rdl for example or we could switch up step ups to lunges, for example, you really don't want to start venturing too far outside of the tried and tested exercises, which are going to build your muscle. Um, and that's why it's always a bit of a struggle as a coach when clients say, it's like, there's only so much I can do here. Like, and, and, and then all of a sudden you're not training optimally. So something for everyone listening to digest and accept. Yeah. There's a reason we don't program like BOSU bowl, one-legged split squats with a kettlebell and a dumbbell, you know, like it's just, it's not, it's not good. The basics are the basics because they work. Yeah. Here, here. Um, and- so Priya's on the live. She says, thank you lovelies for such an informative answer. You guys are the best coaches. Thanks. Well, uh, okay, do you want me to read updates from L live? Always. Okay, Emma. Hi, ladies. Back out of the bucket. Thanks to both of you and your wonderful guidance. Quick question. I have a bit of a pain in my right forearm that tends to come on when I grip and lift. Not great for lifting. Should I lower the weights I lift or do body weight while I wait for it to repair itself? 
I mean, you know what? I used to get this sometimes when I was doing straight bar work on the cable machine. And it was about, I think it was just for me, biomechanically, an unnatural angle and an uncomfortable grip. Um, I, I I would maybe, I would maybe lay off you doing the exercises that flare it up for let's say I don't know a week or whatever but make sure you stay on top of your activity um and then and then I would I would I would try again with the option if possible to alternate the your grip angle because I, I think I think I know what you're saying um yeah yeah that's that's what I would say I agree try and keep a more neutral wrist because it might be that. Um, if it's not that, then I agree with Chloe. And if it's still sore in a week, see a physio. Because you're right in that sometimes you can like waste a lot of money on this stuff of like, do you know what? Sometimes it's not really sure what happened, but if you just wait a week and rest it and be sensible, it goes away. And then you never think about it again, fine. Other times it's like, actually there is like an underlying injury that needs to be rehabbed there or like we might need some physio support. So I would I would rest it for at least a couple of days or a week and then decide whether you need to see a physio or not. Yeah, and also consider, and I don't say this about most things, but I would in this case, consider maybe some compression on that area. That might help. Um, so, yeah. Okay, Julie, hello both. First live I've made it to. Had a great first week and then three weeks of being crap. Wedding, her ankle dancing at the wedding. Oh. Then long comes shark week. Crap excuses, but here we are. Back on it now, though, not giving myself a guilt trip and going to give it my all. Just wanted to tell everyone else having ups and downs that they don't need to beat themselves up. Just get back on that bloody horse and carry on. What a great message. And you're so right, because the worst thing that you could possibly do after whatever, falling off the wagon or falling in the effort bucket or whatever, is to then beat yourself up about it a way better thing is to be like cool that happened what can I learn from it what do I need to take forward going forward move for whatever what can I learn from it and then move on with it and from a positive place not I hate myself so much because of my reps last week and then try and be positive about this week that doesn't work yeah I agree okay Hannah Good afternoon, lovely ladies. I'm sure this question has been answered on the podcast before, but I've made a live, so I'm asking in the hopes of a visual answer as well. What is the difference between stiff leg deadlifts and RDLs? I feel like when the stiff legs in Emma's workout, I'm just doing RDLs. So am I doing them correctly? Much love. Yeah. I think in the RDLs are normally barbell but they're very very similar yeah yeah I think it's just like a deadlift is a full full movement is in floor to standing yeah, I don't, yeah. okay maybe it's the uh, deadlift part yeah run off the floor which uh, actually it, stiff legs I don't love no and me neither RDLs are much more of a partial range of deadlift so you don't let go of the bar at any point or you don't ground the bar at any point they are extremely similar you're right but in order to complete a stiff legged deadlift you probably have to have slight slightly more mobility in the lift as well than when you do an rdl which is just a basic basic hip hinge whereas um 
with a stiff-legged deadlift, you would have some knee fl- knee flexion as well. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, unless you're very flexible. Yeah, which well, yeah, yeah. It's also just executing the movement properly because I used to think I wasn't flexible when I started doing RDLs. It turns out I wasn't doing them right. <laughs> turns out I'm actually pretty good at it. <laughs> um, okay. okay. Today on the live. Okay, Samantha Johnson. Hello, ladies. Where does fat go when you lose it? Do you wee it away or does it evaporate? Both. <laughs> you breathe it out, you pee it out, you sweat it out. Um, Rachel Mears. Hello, lovelies. I've been quietly ticking the boxes and loving the impact that this is having on my mindset. Thank you. Life has started to get a bit more hectic and I haven't managed to watch the last live yet or be that active in the group. So apologies if this has been asked, still answered. I have a very busy work week next week and I only have two days I can work out. Can I do two home body weight workouts on the same day? No, it's not going to do anything. Just do one. I understand this isn't optimal, but I figured if I did an upper and a lower, it wouldn't be damaging at least. Yeah, well, that's that is a good point. We did lower body and then later upper body. Fine. But you don't need to do that. I would recommend that you just do upper body on one day and lower body on another day and just train really fucking hard and train with intent. Um, duh, 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 duh. Also, I've been listening to all DC podcasts while getting my steps in. Please, 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 can you bring back one honey pee? It really cracks me up. Okay, guys, listen. It's one honey pee. Emma translated it in her head, classic Emma, to one honey pee, like, which sounds more like honeybee than 100%. And then I didn't correct her. I don't know why. I just couldn't be bothered to interrupt the flow of the lives. And then and then it became one honey pee. And then it started to look really great on me because I'm insane when people would write it on the group. And then I had an explosion. And we'll bring it back if we say it properly. Is what I'm going to One honey pee. Yes. <laughs> One handy P, which I got from Billy Bonapola, who says it all the time, and I fucking love it. One handy P. Okay, right, it's back. Right, okay, you ready for some from the live? Okay. Okay. Hannah, hello, really enjoying the EC method so far. My friend told me it would change my life, and I can now see why. Quick question. Last year, I had, oh no, wait, quick question. After breaking my wrist at the end of last year, I haven't got full movement back, so can't put much pressure on it as it doesn't mend as much. Maybe it's bend, not mend. Anyway, what can I do instead of push-ups and mountain climbers? Thank you. Well, for mountain climbers, as you were saying before, just change your uh, placement on the ground, so neutral like this, and you can still do the mountain climbers. As in climbers. like a plank? Yeah. An elbow plank, yeah. Mm-hmm. And re-push-ups, um, I would just do chest press instead with dumbbells or a bar. Mm-hmm. Or even if you've got seated chest press, that's like when you're sitting upright, it kind yeah. of less pressure on your... Yeah, it's a, basic, it's a basic push movement from the chest, basically. So any alternative to a push-up will work. Oh, okay, actually. So she actually meant she doesn't bend her wrists as much. Yeah. And I wonder if actually the only issue with both of those movements is this on the floor. So what you could do is hold either hold a dumbbell if you've got dumbbells that are like hexagons so that they don't roll around 
So then you've got a neutral grip and by neutral, I just mean like that as opposed mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can hold on to something. So you might be at a slight um, elevation, but if you like hold on to a box, then you could do mountain climbers. So again, it's the neutral um, wrist. Other option, if you're really hardcore, is like doing push-ups from your fist, like with your fist. Oh, please. Sorry. um, We don't know how experienced Hannah is. She might be like, yeah, fist push-ups. I I would probably suggest the dumbbell version of that if you can get dumbbells that aren't going to roll. Yeah. But I think it's more the flexion in the wrist that is the issue, if I'm reading that correctly. Pad wedgie. Oh, nice! Right up there. I tried to remove it like four times. Um, Jeez. Okay. Um, Jenny, thanks Emma for the new workouts. The pull one was awesome today. Loved the slightly lower reps on some of the exercises. Made me push heavier and hit a PB. Yes, well done. Um, Okay, Lauren. Hey, ladies. I've been off grid for the entire round so far, but as an EC lifer, I know these things can happen. Just wanted to say hello, and I'm back. Good. Uh, And Hannah's just saying thank you so much for the advice. She's not that hardcore. Uh, Yeah, okay, so try the other ones. And then Susie's here on a work call pretending to listen. (laughs) So we'll be quick. I've done a push and pull from the new workouts. What does tempo 3010 mean? Thanks for everything. Um, it basically means three seconds on the eccentric, which tends to be for most exercises, the lowering phase. So if you were doing a squat, it's three seconds on the way down. The zero means no pause at the bottom. And the one means the concentric. So the upward phase of a squat would be one second and then no pause at the top honestly it doesn't like I don't need you to do it exactly like that I basically want them slow and controlled if I've put tempo in it means think even more about it being slow and controlled but you don't need to have like yeah you don't need to overstress about it if you're if the tempo confuses you just be like I want this slow and controlled movement yeah but not super slow just nice and controlled. Yeah. Um, okay, Charlotte Leach. Chloe and Emma, I'm loving my first round of the EC method. I'm feeling much more energetic and positive, and I'm really pleased with my week four progress, measurements, and results on the scales. I have three questions. Feel free to not answer them all. No. <laughs> um, Emma and I will pick the best one, and that's the one we'll answer. Um, all you're getting. Yeah. Uh, so, one. Can you please explain why the number of reps progressively decreases for each set in the resistance band workouts? Is it simply to account for fatigue as the sets progress? If so, how is that different to resistance workouts rather than the other workouts where the time allocated to each set is the same, regardless if it's your first set or last set? Emma, you did the resistance band workouts. It will most, I'm just trying to remember, because to be honest, I wrote those a long time ago. I would imagine I've put it in a circuit. And one way that I really enjoy doing circuits is to do like the first round, like 20 reps and then 15 reps and then 10 reps. 
for numerous reasons one psychologically it's way easier because you're like if I've got through 20 reps I can definitely do 15 and then the 10 rep round feels like nothing mm-hmm. and two because it minimizes recovery and I really don't like taking long recoveries with circuits because I think you just end up cooling down a little bit and then you get like distracted so I prefer to be like yeah I'm gonna do a round of 20 straight into a round of 15 straight into a round of 10 and I'm you know dead at the end but because of the the lowering of the reps you can still get it done mm-hmm. um, that would that is what I imagine I have done that's normally my logic behind it yeah and then re your secondary question where you say the time allocated to each set is the same regardless of if it's your first last set and that kind of um contradicts what Emma's just said that will be a timed exercises or on home body weight workouts. So that will be, it's a bit different when there's not actually something when it's your own body, you can slow it down. You can speed it up as the circuit progresses or as the workout progresses, I should say you are going to start to get more tired um, towards the end. And uh, the workout is going to take a hit in that sense, because body weight workouts really straddle that line between um aerobic and anaerobic and it's a lot harder to do so your body will naturally kind of adjust to the exercise you're doing as you get more and more tired towards the end of a set um and it's not it's not the same as like giving you a weight to lift or giving you a resistance to push against for x amount if that makes sense they're just basically completely programming for body weight workouts is a completely different type of programming than when there's any kind of resistance format being used. Also, you can do this. I mean, you could do like the rep range I just spoke about with body weight and there's not one that's right or wrong. It's just like, if it, if we literally all we ever programmed was three sets of 10 for each thing, you'd all be so bored. Yeah. We bored of programming. I think a lot of the way that we both program as well is like partly dictated by people we've coached before our in-person experience as PTs our own experience of training and what works and what doesn't work and yeah like it just mixes it up a bit like it's all meant to be enjoyable as well I think that's an element that some people forget like you could all get incredible results just doing three times ten on exercises as long as you're overloading them and you're pushing yourself but it would be very boring and you'd end up often people end up plateauing when they do things like that for too long kind of a good example of um what Jenny was just saying like oh now we've got lower rep ranges like I've I've pushed myself that little bit more I've hit a PB like you're using your muscle in a slightly different way you're also kind of probably breaking your own glass ceilings of like no for chest press I do 15 kilograms and then when I've changed the rep ranges you're like really know what I do I'll try 25 and hey look I can do 25 yeah there's numerous reasons for it but I wouldn't overthink the physiology of it I know that sometimes we can like argue about things like rep range and it's just like your muscle doesn't know what rep range you're doing it knows that there is a stimulus on it a stress on it that it's going to adapt to there are so many ways that you can create that stress and to make things a little bit more exciting and to challenge you and like for psychological reasons like I just spoke about will change the way that we're challenging that muscle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, there is actually research on this. 
it's really interesting so obviously Emma and I and, and anyone who does what we do knows that specificity is key when it comes to the kind of adaptation or skill that you want um, to train for but there is actually really interesting research on um, a group of men who are given um, a very specific resistance training plan is in like Monday squat deadlift like what like whatever right Tuesday a chest press um and a, 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 be- a barbell bent over row it's very specific and they all had to follow the same plan they did the same with machines for a, a second group and then for the third group they basically gave them like all the exercises that they could do that day and said program yourself um and you know kind of optimal kind of sets and reps ranges but they were like program yourself um be very fluid with it be experimental with it have fun with it and that's the group that gained the most muscle mass so there is absolutely evidence to show that while specificity is key like for us let's say you want to build biceps you, you have to train biceps and you know you have to really focus on that um and same with if you want to throw darts you have to throw darts and you have to get good at that specificity is key but actually when it comes to muscle mass it shows that a a varied approach to your sets and reps ranges and your exercises and your um types of resistance is actually really beneficial Mm -hmm. but that's a stop short at the single leg bosu ball (laughs) split squat yeah Yeah, they're still (laughs) doing the exercises that are going to build muscle what's your um goals at the moment I've gained a bit of weight recently, um, which I'm okay with because whatever. Um, so I'm ch- and I and I've as I said in the last live, I have been managing to get my ass to the gym, but not not as often or as intensely as I am used to or would like to. So my goal right now, to be totally honest, is to try and keep getting my ass back in the gym and try I I don't really know if I care at all that I've gained a bit of weight I mean it doesn't really bother me I'm not I don't need to be leading if you don't know that you care you probably don't care okay but I would like to start getting a bit more of my consistency in the gym back and also my joy for the gym back and it is coming back I just had a I had a weird few weeks which just yeah weren't great but um it is coming back but that's really my my focus right now and it's exactly what we were saying in the last live we did well what Emma was saying which I loved and really is applicable to me at the moment your 100% is going to be different depending on what day or what week it is. Right now, for a week, for me, me giving 100% would be to get to the gym three or four times like, and work out and properly work out. Because recently it's been like one to two times and my, my workouts have been really shit and that's not like me. And I know I, I know I want to and need to get back there. So that for me is my 100%. Whereas like in what, May, June, when I was like pr- pretty like hell bent on getting my ass in really good physique shape, which I absolutely managed to do. It was very different. It was getting to the gym five days a week, smash your workout, smash your cardio, be fucking consistent with your diet. Don't piss around. It's just, it's different now. I'm in a different month. There's different things happening. So yeah, it's it's very true that, you know, you have to be fluid with, with your approach and understand that all seasons of your life are going to be different. I think that's such a good thing. It, it kind of relates back to what we were saying at the start about like checking in with yourself at certain points. It might be the start of every month. It might be when you know you've got different constraints going on, but you might be like, right, this month, all this stuff is happening. What's my priority here? Okay, maybe it's ticking things over. Maybe it's getting back into a bit of routine. What's also realistic for me? And then I think one of the reasons that 
people get such a bad relationship with diet and exercise is they make promises to themselves that they don't keep and then they don't trust themselves anymore. Instead of being like, realistically, this is the busiest like month of the year for me with, I don't know, show promo for you or, you know, whatever else like things are going on in life. Is it realistic for me to get in my best physique shape? No, nor is it a priority, nor, and again, linking back to what we said at the start, do I want that goal enough right now to put in the effort to get there? so then I have to make goals that are realistic and essentially like promises to yourself that are realistic that you are going to show up for Mm. that are going to get you the the result that you do want and I think that's a big like trip up for people when they're like yeah do you know what I'll go to the gym every morning and it's like but one you don't want it enough two it's not realistic for you three I don't have a third but two that didn't sound enough (laughs) No, no, you, you've completely nailed it. it. That's it to a T. You have to understand, like like I say, there is there is a baseline of health and fitness that should always be a priority, the number one priority in your head. And when I say baseline, I mean baseline. I mean, what I'm saying right now, I don't really care about losing a bit of body fat that I've gained. Like, I mean, how much have I gained? Three kg, which really isn't that much. And I don't really care. Like, summer's over and it's not a priority. So I'm not going to push for optimal but I am aware that I'm hovering dangerously low rebaseline for health and fitness not like dangerous isn't like well now I'm gonna get really ill and die but it's not it's not it's not it's not where baseline is for me so I'm like okay that is my work on right now that's what I'm gonna try keep up with and if I was an idiot I would do oh my God, what's optimal? Because I always think I have to have a goal. And we see this with clients all the time. They think they have to have this massive goal and they overshoot it. And then they're like, why do I keep yo-yoing? And it's like, because you're swimming against the tide, not with it. Right now I'm trying to swim with the tide. I'm trying to get back to where I need to get to, to keep me nice and level. But if I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a fitness shoot in November. No, (laughs) that would just see me go, so yeah you got to work with yourself you are your own tide which way are you going bro (laughs) you are your own tide (laughs) yeah 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 okay what's your goal right now Emma um to have better well I have numerous goals and I like to set them in line with my values and what's most important to me uh so I definitely have a goal of like better life balance which I know we've spoken about uh and, and being, you're nailing you're doing it yeah being able to actually take a weekend off that kind of stuff but then when it comes to like, I also have like a fun goal I just want really big arms <laughs> so I'm gonna like between now and Christmas I'm gonna like just do a little bit more arm work and actually I did like again through seasons like when I was in London i I was going to the gym six days a week, but genuinely for 10 minutes. Like I would pull up, do some squats, do some push-ups, just because I know it makes me feel good. I concentrate better. I've moved a bit. I've done something. And honestly, that's enough to maintain. Like yeah. stimulating those muscles consistently is enough to maintain. But I, and I'm, it's no exaggeration. I was going in for 10 minutes and I had so much other stuff to do. Fine. But now I'm back here. I'm like, actually, I, I would quite like to be doing at least... 30 minute sessions so I'm I'm gonna yeah up the the training a little bit 
Yeah, it's, it's you, and this is again Emma working with where she is in life right now, both then with the 10 minute sessions and now. Um, and I remember when that happened with Emma, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that was when you really just started to take on a lot more in terms of your course and your your yeah. kind of output as a professional, and your diaries just started going. Um, and then now, but she still went in, she did what she could, and then she got on with her day. And then now things have settled a bit. She's much more into the swing of it. And she's like, actually, I can do that. And I want to do that. And we want this for all of you. Um, don't berate yourself if you're not in the right place to smash a massive goal right now. And it doesn't have to be physique. That could be like, you said that you were going to do a marathon and now you're changing your mind about it. That's okay. Like, you know, these aren't prison sentences. Sometimes it's nice to have a goal, hold yourself accountable and do it. But something really big happens in your life and that takes center stage and you can't pretend that's not happening and gives give this massive goal 100% of your energy, then you can't. What can you do? And we'll just, we'll say this in every every podcast you hear. What can you do? Um, and more often than not, that's enough. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Priya, any plans for EC meetup pre-Christmas? Not pre, are we? Or are we? Absolutely not. Maybe we'll do a Christmas, a Christmas meetup or a New Year meetup one or the other but I feel like we just did one yeah we did it wasn't that long well I mean it was summer wasn't it months ago yeah no we went maybe December January time hmm. yeah um okay Polly how much do you want it is such a good question do you think the why sorry do you think the why do you want it equally important and who yeah. Or what are you doing it for? Think these yeah. have an impact on the goal. Yeah, I think sometimes, like, I mean, I completely agree with you actually, but but I just sometimes think people go too far with that. As in like, you know how now and again, you're like, do you know what? I just want to, like, for example, like me, ha- if I'm like, I just want to have big arms. There's not like a deeper mean, you know, there's not, it's just a fun goal. Like, I'm not going to cry if it doesn't happen, but I'm going to put in the work to get there because otherwise what's the point in setting the goal? And there's no deeper that it's not like I feel insecure about my arms or like you know there's some underlying reason that I'm doing it and sometimes I think with fat loss goals now because everyone's so much more aware of the pressure on especially women to be in shape that you can kind of like overthink people's goals or or like force people to overthink them of like do you want to lose fat or is it actually because the society wants you to fit into this mold and it's like no I actually just feel like I feel a bit better when I'm a few kilograms lighter and that's totally fine and sometimes I think there's almost like this guilt around wanting to lose weight now I know that's not what Polly was saying but it just reminds me no and I really like that point because I think people women especially if they want to get quote-unquote in shape we have to really justify it now even as coaches Emma and I have to justify what our coaching and what we do um yeah like you on um thingy's podcast oh yeah alice living am i saying my second name right i don't know if it's living or living i know i'm confused (laughs) um but yeah no it's it's very annoying okay because the thing is and i talk about this a lot i got to a point after years of like literally getting really really lean and then going on holiday and getting those weight and getting really lean and da, 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 and and being in the press a lot for how my body looked which i which i orchestrated it was all me um i got into a bad place of like pendulum swinging and 
self self-loathing and it was really bad in the end but the first few years I fucking loved it like before it kind of ran away from me and got away from me and I got into a bit of a bad cycle with it I loved it and I wasn't doing it for any other reason other than I fucking loved it it was that simple I loved everything about it loved the training loved the discipline loved the photo shoots loved the photos loved the whole thing um and then it got bad so you're right that that, there was never really a massive why other than because I like it because I want (laughs) to that's it I think now as personal trainers often you're asked to ask your clients that as well and it's like well what if someone's just like yeah no do you know what I had a really good summer I put on a bit of weight and I just want to get a little bit leaner so I can feel good and for my health and because I want to but there's no like real yeah. why. like you know it's not like you're forced to do it or you don't feel good enough because you're heavier it's just like a genuine yeah I'd quite like to do that there's definitely a time and a place though as a coach where you have to say that to a client yeah but why and that's when they come to you and they're like I want to do this and they're like all in and then it's like week after week after week checking after checking after checking like oh I, I couldn't now I hate my is this the right god and then you're like okay stop why are you doing this because from what I'm seeing you're not sure that you even really want to like and and so then there is a time and a place to ask that question but I agree with Emma like right off the bat I've had clients I can even like their names all come to the front of my mind now who just want to Okay, Kelly. Hi, ladies. I hope you're both okay. I'm looking to move to maintenance this round and thought I'd try a week without tracking just to see how I got on. I definitely found myself snacking more, not necessarily quote unquote bad foods, but definitely more food volume. So wondering whether I still need to track whilst maintenance just to get in the swing. My weight fluctuated more than normal. This is my fourth round, so I have quite a lot of data. Um... I mean, if it's more food volume, but it's not necessarily more calories, then your weight will fluctuate more potentially, but it might not be fat. Uh, I do think the end goal of maintenance is to move away from tracking, but it might be useful for a period of time. I also do think that having a bit more routine with what you're eating, so like probably being a little bit more aware of the snacks or even having snack options that you might want to go for or not. And then equally like tracking a few days of consistent eating, like we speak about this quite a lot, but most people think that they have a way more varied diet than they do. Like Monday to Friday, most people's diet isn't that crazy or different. It's like you're eating the same kind of meals. So if you just track a few days and then eat roughly that kind of thing, then actually you're probably not going to go that far wrong. Mm. From there, you can tweak if needed. If you're like, oh, I'm consistently putting on fat. Okay then we need to eat a little bit less. That doesn't mean you need to go back to tracking. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. Like, oh, this isn't working. I'll go right back to tracking. It's like, okay, well, if you're consistent, what tweaks can we make here to make sure that your calorie intake is a bit lower? That's another way to do it without going back to tracking if you don't want to track. Yeah, I agree. The only thing I would add is like having a snack in the more late morning or mid afternoon or whatever, we are completely fine with that. But the word snacking, like this continuous grazing, that is going to add up. And if you want, if you don't want to gain weight, if you want to maintain, you need to watch that. So I would just, yeah, like start, as Emma said, start to think about specific choices of snack singular. Um, and I think the the main issue with snacking isn't the snacking, it's the mindlessness. And, yeah. and if you just plan it instead of like what Chloe's saying, like, do you know what? If 
every lunch break or sorry, I don't know, coffee break at work, you're having a snack at 11. Fine. That's almost like a meal really, as in the everything that comes with it. Like you're going to sit down, you're going to have it, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to eat it mindfully. It's just the fact that it's not breakfast, lunch or dinner that makes it different than eating a meal. Yeah. Agree. Okay, Jenny, I'm multi I'm multitasking queen today. Whilst this has been on, I've unpacked my bags from the weekend, put a load of washing on, and just showered with you all. Ah, great. I wish I'd done all that. Anyway, my goal is to say to you guys by midway through the next round, I'm on maintenance. What should I do? Love that. I understand. My goal is to stay to maintenance with you. Basically. She's got, I'm, I'm assuming she's got a little bit more fat to lose. And then she wants by midway next round. To uh, nice. Nice. Okay, Claire. Hey ladies, quick question for Emma on the gym workouts. My gym doesn't have lying hamstring curl machine. Is it okay to swap for the seated one? Yeah, totally fine. I can't get on with the lying hamstring curl. I cannot get, like, I cannot gracefully get in or out of it. And I'm aware that sometimes people are watching me in the gym and it's too embarrassing. So I'm just like, I'm just going to leave that alone and do the seated. Oh, no, I think the opposite. I, I love the lying hamstring on the seated one. I just can't like it. I don't know if it's a back thing, but like I'd say after like three or four reps, I'm just moved completely out of place and I can feel my back like arching. It just mm, this doesn't really work for me. I really have to hold myself like against the bars so that I stay in the right position to do it but I know what you mean I but the lying hamstring column I don't understand like it's like horizontal sliding in and the it's just weird <laughs> <laughs> okay we're up to date okay let's do one more and then I have to go and get my baby who has hand foot and mouth hand foot and mouth what's that it's not the same as foot and mouth it's not the same as the animal kind it's just like a virus that's like so at first I thought it was, what's the other thing that kids get? She had like loads of scabby sores all over her chin. And I thought it was something, the word has just completely flown out of my head, something else. And then I was changing her nappy and I noticed that she was just like covered in all different kinds of rash. Oh. I was like, I don't, I don't understand what this is because all the diff, all the rashes are completely different. Turns out it's hand, foot and mouth. And she looks absolutely minging. Oh, so I'll put you later. Oh, well, it's really gross. Um, but yeah, she's not well at all. Partly why I'm so tired. Okay. Oh, is it impetigo? Impetigo. Yeah, that's it. That's what I thought it was, but it's not. Mm. Um. Oh, right. We never finished Charlotte's questions. And we just did pick one. <laughs> okay, two. Is there a difference in the thermogenic effect of different protein sources? not just between whole protein and processed forms like protein powders, but is there a difference within the whole source, i.e. fish, seafood, meat? Yes. The leaner the protein sources, the higher the thermic effect of, um, for obvious reasons, because you're airing more to the side of protein and less to the side of fat, for example. Yeah, I guess per unit of calorie. Yeah, exactly. 
Three, finally, what are your thoughts on magnesium skin sprays? I can't imagine that using a magnesium skin spray, it's very hard for me to say, guys, would be anywhere near reliable enough to provide adequate supplementation. Um, There is research to show that topical sprays, creams, etc., do, can penetrate through skin into muscle. It's the ones that pretend that they can get to bone that are full of shit. Um. But yeah, there is evidence to show that they can be useful, but it kind of depends why you're using it. Do you really need it? Is it really worth the money kind of thing? I think it's likely more of a placebo than anything else. No, there is there is genuine research to show that muscular ointments, topical treatments do penetrate muscle. But it's like... But is there any benefit to that would be... Yeah. Often like, and this is how a lot of supplement companies work, is they'll look at the mechanism as opposed to the outcome. So like, oh, look, there's proof that we could spray this muscle with whatever it is. What did she say? Magnesium. Magnesium. Penetrate the skin and get into the muscle. Okay, great. And in theory, having more magnesium in the muscle might help recovery. But do we actually have any evidence in real world humans that that has helped recovery in a tangible way that we can measure? That's what I would want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point. Very good point. So what you'd need for that is a placebo controlled study where they're going to spray just water on your muscle and tell you it's magnesium or magnesium on your muscle. And that group would have to have significantly better recovery rates than the control group. Mm. I've seen that there might be, you know, I've not actually looked into that, but that if I was going to pay for something like that's kind of what you'd be looking for, not just what a lot of supplement companies kind of sway you with, which is like mechanistically, this is what happens but there's no evidence that that actually means anything like L-carnitine was a great example. It's like, Oh, look, it increases rates of fat oxidation, which means, or actually, no, it doesn't. It, it, it's an important step in the breakdown of fat, but actually what you forget is there's rate limiting facts like before that. So actually the amount of fat you lose isn't limited by L-carnitine supply. So taking more of it, yeah, it's important in that process, but taking more of it does nothing. Mm. So, but they kind of like jump over that and they're like, oh, look, this is used in this and thus you should take it to lose fat. And they didn't look at the whole body picture. Yeah, they they don't look at the whole process, the process as a whole and all the various steps that have to happen within it. They look at this one singular part of the process and go, oh, it helps with that. And it's like, okay, what happens after? Like, what do I need to do? Like, what is the what is the patient or client, whatever, need to do? What does the body need to do? Like, yeah, I completely agree. Um, okay, are we done? Yes. Okay, guys. Um, okay, we'll, we'll post one. We'll be back, right? Yeah. Sorry, I, sh- I thought I posted this over the weekend and I didn't. Um, but yes, we'll we'll post the next live um today or tomorrow. We just okay. got to find time. All right. Bye.